the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For many of us, I suspect Christmas Eve isn't Christmas Eve until we sing Silent Night by candlelight. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Although this hymn was written in 1816 by an Austrian minister, Joseph Moore, it wasn't put to music until Christmas Eve of 1818 when the organ at Moore's church broke at the worst possible time, Christmas Eve. Can you imagine? <laughs> like most churches, certainly like ours, the music had been carefully planned and rehearsed, and a broken organ was the last thing anyone had anticipated. In a panic, Moore took this text that he had written two years before and gave it to his organist, Franz Gruber, who quickly composed a simple tune which he played that night on a guitar. Thanks to the fiasco of a broken organ on Christmas Eve, we have this beloved Christmas hymn, which, let's face it, perpetuates a lie. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. What happened on that night is what has happened many times, every day since. A woman had a baby. And unless there are some serious drugs involved, and sometimes even when there are, childbirth is far from silent. Newborn babies aren't so quiet either. In fact, doctors and nurses start to get really worried when a baby emerges from the dark, quiet comfort of the womb and doesn't start making some noise. 
But even beyond the birthing mother and the newborn baby, Luke's description of the first Christmas is noisy. The shepherds are in the fields when a whole host of angels appear singing. There couldn't have been anything silent about that. And what about the town of Bethlehem, the one we sing about this time of year? O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Well, according to the Gospel of Luke, Mary and Joseph ended up in Bethlehem on that fateful night because the emperor had declared that everyone under his rule had to be registered. It was a census to make sure that all the citizens were paying their taxes. But instead of having government workers going door to door to survey the population, everyone was commanded to go to a certain town to be counted. All of those of the house of David were to go to Bethlehem. Bethlehem was no booming metropolis. On most nights, the words of the hymn would have been accurate, but all of that changed when the emperor announced the registration. People from all over streamed into this sleepy little town, and the leaders would have had little time to prepare. Hotels, inns were quickly overrun. Restaurants, what restaurants there were, were packed to the gills, running out of food. Babies and children, probably some adults too, made their discomforts loudly known. The locals were on edge. The visitors were frustrated by the lack of amenities. And interactions among strangers were charged with tension. It was sheer chaos. A tiny town, bursting at the seams, full of the restless energy of too many people. Imagine the entire population of Richmond relocating en masse to Ashland for a few days. Hundreds of thousands of people trying to find food and shelter in a town of 8,000. Kind of makes you rethink the deep and dreamless sleep, doesn't it? Our Christmas hymns reveal how deeply we cherish the idea of the first Christmas night as one of silence and peace. But the reality is, Christ's entrance in the world was anything but. But we cling to this idea because we so desperately want to come to church on this night and escape the chaos of this season, the lines, the traffic, the planning, the cooking and cleaning and preparing and anticipating. We want to come and hear beautiful music and light candles, and forget, for just a moment, all that isn't right in our lives and in the world, just for one quiet, peaceful night, we would like to forget about the absurdity of another presidential primary season, about the despair of refugees around the world, about the division in our own country. Regardless of whether that first Christmas night was silent, silence and peace are what we long for tonight. 
The problem is, if we come here tonight looking only for a sliver of peace and quiet in the midst of life's chaos, we risk forgetting that we are here to celebrate the incarnation. God in human flesh. God with us in the midst of it all. This idea, the incarnation, has always been controversial. In the days of the early church, there were heated arguments about just exactly how Jesus was both human and divine. One of these arguments was between the theologians Marcion and Tertullian. Marcion fervently believed that God was perfect, immortal, entirely good. Because of this, he struggled with the idea that this good and perfect God could actually become part of our sinful, fallen creation. To him, that was just beneath God. So he argued that Jesus wasn't really human. He was more like a fully divine being who put on humanity like a Halloween costume. It was never what he really was. On the other side of this debate was Tertullian, who argued vehemently against Marcion. In one letter, Tertullian urges Marcion to imagine Jesus growing in Mary's womb. He employs vivid descriptions of a baby born on straw and hay, followed by a messy afterbirth. After this graphic description, he gets personal. I know you reject this whole idea, he writes, but how were you born? In other words, if we believe that the reality of conception development, and childbirth are too messy for God, we are likely to think that we ourselves are too messy for God. And when we believe that we're not good enough for God to get involved with, we might start to think that we can only meet God in a place like this one, a church where everything appears neat and clean, where we wear our best clothes and use our best manners, where the music and the lights and the decorations inspire us with God's beauty and goodness. And from here, we'll go home, back to the messiness of our lives, back to the brokenness of the world, and most of us will leave God here, a clean, silent, sweet baby sleeping in heavenly peace. Every Christmas, for years, John and Joan Lessing put a lighted manger scene in front of their home. But on December 23, 2005, they looked outside to discover that the 18-inch plastic statue of the baby Jesus had been stolen from the manger. In its place was a note that the statue was needed and would be returned in a few days. But three days passed, then three weeks, months, half a year. Finally, one morning in late August, John opened the front door to find the statue, returned with another note that said, we simply wished to show the baby Jesus a better life than he would have seen cooped up in the attic crawl space. 
He has traveled over counties and states. We have done our best to show the baby Jesus the many glorious aspects of our world. With the figure was a photo album full of pictures of the baby Jesus all over New York State, in front of throughway signs, on bridges, at rest stops, even at a psychiatric center. It wasn't so different from the Kaganer hidden in a nativity as a reminder that Jesus was born into the real world with all its messiness. Christmas is first and foremost a celebration of God's incredible love for us. A love so deep God chooses to enter the world as one of us, fully and completely human. Not as a great king or ruler, but as the child of poor peasants who grew up to be a peasant himself and who reveals to us the true nature of God. But if we leave all that knowledge here at church, if we leave Jesus here sleeping peacefully in the manger, we have missed the point. We should all be stealing Jesus, taking him out of the relative peace and safety of this sanctuary, taking him with us into all the messiness of our lives, into the chaos of the holidays with too many presents and too much food, into the challenges of our relationships with the arguments and uncertainties and old wounds, into the pain that for all of us lurks just beneath the surface of the polished appearance we show the world. We need Jesus, who has promised us true peace, not the peace of a baby sleeping peacefully because the night is so silent, but peace in the midst of our problems and conflicts and sorrows. Because if Jesus isn't there in the messiness of human life and the complexity of the world's problems, Christmas really doesn't matter at all. Without a broken organ, we wouldn't have silent night. Without a broken, messy world and a first Christmas night that was anything but silent, we would not know that God stands with us as one of us, that God loves us not just at our Christmas Eve best, but in all the messiness of our lives. So whether you come here once a year on Christmas Eve or faithfully every Sunday, please don't leave Jesus here when you leave tonight. Take him with you. You need God with you. You. We need God with us. Our world desperately needs the peace Jesus offers. Not just the peace of a newborn baby sleeping soundly, but the peace of a grown man who has known firsthand joy and sorrow 
ecstasy and despair, life and death. So after you sing Silent Night and marvel at the beauty and the mystery, after you extinguish your candle and exchange Merry Christmases with your neighbors and walk out those doors, please take Jesus with you. After all, being with us, being with this whole messy world, is precisely why he came. Amen.